Hello, friends. Welcome to the Resonance Test. I'm your host, Allison Coden, an interaction designer at EPAM Continuum. Businesses all over the country are getting ready to onboard a host of new coworkers this year. They're alert, great communicators, polite, self-aware, not too needy, and surprisingly durable. Our guest on this episode, Marcio Macedo, co-founder and VP of products at Ava Robotics, calls them the Avas. They're a new breed of telepresence robots rolling into workplaces as physical proxies for remote workers from healthcare providers to factory inspectors. We all know that guy in the office, right? The one who interrupts, stands too close, cuts ahead in the hallway but doesn't hold the door, takes the last donut and generally uses body language to convey a lack of consideration? It would be easy for even the most sophisticated robots to destroy office culture, a horde of those guys refusing eye contact, demanding electricity, and rolling over our toes, both physical and metaphorical. Instead, Marcio talks with our Toby Botorf about the ingredients for robot politeness, self-awareness, self-sufficiency, and no threat to any human worker's most loved job responsibilities. In his vision of the future, Avas can take over the dull, dirty, and dangerous aspects of our work while we focus on the good stuff, the creative, crafty problem-solving that human brains do best. I can't wait to ask her to take over my expense reports. Hi, Marcio. I'm super happy to be talking uh, with you about your new company uh, and about uh, our relationship with robots. Uh, Mm -hmm. To get us started, can you tell our listeners um, what Ava Robotics is, what you do? Yeah, thank you, Toby, for inviting us uh, uh, to talk today. Uh, Ava Robotics is a spinoff of iRobot. Uh, we're about uh, four years old, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We build uh, robots for for the workplace. So think of our robots as uh, autonomous devices that can easily navigate uh, within a physical space that uh, can be an office environment, uh, a hospital, a assisted living facility, a hotel, for example, uh, and perform tasks. Our, our number one product is the telepresence robot. Telepresence robot allows a remote worker, a remote collaborator to have a physical presence in a space, uh, have a video conferencing experience with people at the space. Uh, and still be able to uh, move around and, and, and be immersed uh, into that space. Um, so we, we look at robots as something that over time will be more broadly adopted in all types of applications, specifically in our focus of, uh, of the workplace. We see not just telepresence robots, but robots doing many other tasks uh, to just improve, improve the quality of the work, uh, productivity, and and the continuity of, of what's happening uh, in the in the physical space and in our customers. And our customers, as you can imagine, being workspace, they tend to be enterprise customers with office spaces, uh, uh, hospitals uh, with with uh, patient care, and assisted living facilities uh, with uh, uh, with the work that they do, uh, keeping keeping the residents uh, safe and connected, and um, and just uh, just happy in general. We have seen um, a lot of different use cases for um, especially telepresence robots um, providing remote training. Uh, uh, you know, there are a number of jobs uh, in terms of inspections or security that used to involve walking around, uh, potentially putting yourself in danger. And those mm-hmm. are great roles for telepresent robots. You are focused in the workplace and looking closely at um, healthcare. I'm curious to kind of t- take a step back from that. As a, as a relatively young company, how do you find the, the sweet spot 
between um, potentially being distracted by um, shiny new opportunities, but mm-hmm. um, so not being too loose, but not being too tight, staying nimble and responsive, but not uh, losing your focus. How do you think through the sweet spot? Um, it, it's a very good question. I think as a as a ro- as a robotics company, uh, we can talk with a, a given customer and in one hour have ideas for ten different things that a robot could do uh, to improve their operation or uh, many other things that, that that we can all imagine a robot uh, could do or might be able to do. So it's it's developing a business out of robotics though does mean uh, having a sharp focus on what will uh, allow a customer to extract enough value that they will be interested in um, acquiring the robots and getting a return on investment uh, over time. And of course, that we as a as a company can build a profitable business and grow the business over time. Um, so it's focus to us means connection with customers. Uh, so the concept of telepresence, just, just to stay with the telepresence robot specifically, uh, is fairly well understood. Uh, there, it has been seen on TV and science fiction. I think the idea that you can work at a distance, you can move around that space, um, that you can interact with people, interact with the environment. That's all at the high level fairly well understood. But when we translate that into um, the needs of a collaboration worker in an office or a caregiver uh, in a hospital or a family member visiting a loved one who lives in, uh, in an assisted living facility, uh, it becomes a, a whole different set of questions than just the idea of being there. Products need to have features. Products need to have a good user design. They need to have operational procedures, and they need to have financials that, for everyone involved, allow you to to extract the ROI and, and grow the business. So, to us, uh, it comes down uh, to focus on that learning uh, with the customer. It is early days of robotics uh, in the workplace. We see. A future that is bright and uh, and obviously a large business opportunity uh, for for people involved uh, in this business and for the end users of these robots uh, more productivity and more uh, safety more comfort uh, in the spaces in which they uh, they work and they they uh, that they dominate the space, if you will, uh, and yeah. the, the, the space needs to be complied to the, to the user's uh, needs, uh, and robots need to complement that and, and make the space, uh, make life better for people, for the humans who live in that space. Um, but learning, but we understand that today we are in a, a very much a learning phase. As much as the business is growing and all the things, all the metrics yeah. of business can look good, we're in the beginning stages. So learning from the customer engagement is how we keep our focus. Great. I love that you mentioned um, science fiction um, because it is, for any new technologies, I, I think a, a really meaningful reference point. Um, mm-hmm. Science fiction also has the um, the advantage of giving us a wide range of scenarios from utopian to dystopian. Um, mm-hmm. We certainly are optimistic that robots can improve the nature of human work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We try to make a distinction between uh, people's craft um, 
and the other stuff of their jobs and are you know happy to automate the stuff and preserve uh, the craft. So, you know, we're, we're thinking about a, a pretty humanist future um, where robots um, automate some things but augment other things. How do you how do you think about um, the future of jobs uh, as menial and dangerous and repetitive things uh, get managed by robots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I, I like the the approach uh, th- that you bring to it. I think maintaining the um, the unique things that that humans do and the craft and and the creativity, the art of what we do, and uh, uh, be it in a design job or a customer relationship, uh, fa- customer facing uh, job or an operational uh, job in the back end, all uh, robots should. Uh, augment, uh, support, and, and eliminate, of course, what robots traditionally um, have been seen to do, which is uh, eliminate uh, the dull, the dirty, and the dangerous uh, uh, work. But I think as it comes into the into the workplace, uh, augmentation is what we do with telepresence robots today. We're not replacing uh, a job. We're simply allowing a, a person, a human, to execute their job from a distance, uh, be in two, three different places in one day and move around and do facility inspections, collaboration, whatever, whatever that presence might enable them to do. But over time with more and more automation, uh, robots in the workplace may be replacing some of the tasks uh, that humans do. Um, but I think your approach is right. I think, uh, seeing a future that, um, robots are complementary. Uh, to your presence yeah. and complementary to the job you do and, and not eliminating. That we're very far, uh, science fiction may have envisioned it, but I think in practice we're very, very far from a robot that is intelligent enough and dexterous enough to um, to replace uh, workplace, um, yeah. uh, so office space and, and, and those types of environments. Yeah. We've had a version of telepresence for a long time, um, video conferencing, which is, um, you know, constrained to a video rectangle, either in your mm-hmm. laptop or mounted on a wall. We've all been living in that space. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the, uh, that's 2020 all over. Um, I think your, your great leap forward is that these things, um, move around controlled by the remote person. For me, that constitutes a a kind of a category shift that that may make you think about the persona uh, of the robot in a in a different way. I'm curious how you are understanding what are the right social qualities. I, I think of it just as good manners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how does your telepresent bot uh, learn or adapt to its context or um, you know fit in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that a, a dear customer of ours has, has told me multiple times, or in introducing us to to other um, colleagues and, and and other organizations, that Ava is the most polite robot that that she had ever seen. And and uh, I can understand that that perspective. I can share with you a little bit of how we think of Ava specifically in this telepresence. Um, 
uh, function, how, how do we try to make that persona be um, elegant and having the good manners that you describe? Uh, so the telepresence robot being the physical representation of the remote user um, requires us to think about the design of movement as well as its physical presence in a couple different ways. What we try to do as far as movement is, number one, make it comply with the human presence in the space. Uh, I'll contrast that. I think most robots that we think of, mo mobile robots that we know are being deployed widely today are in warehouses, let's say, or in factories, more industrial settings in which the robot becomes the uh, dominant physical presence in the space and the humans then need to comply with the robots. So humans should not be where the robots are moving through or humans should contain their movement to these lanes uh, in a factory, uh, things of that nature. And, and when we think about the spaces we, we inhabit, the AVA inhabits, the human needs to be the dominant physical agent and the robot needs to completely comply uh, with, with the human presence in the space. Um, so part of that is distancing. So uh, even before social distancing, uh, robots <laughs> already needed to think about how to how close is too close uh, for the interaction between the remote user and the local user? How close is too close for the robot to to get to a person? Uh, just a physical device to to, to human interaction. Um, slowing down is is a big thing that that the robot does as it's moving around. Ava detects a busier space; it naturally slows down, which we humans uh, would do too uh, in trying to be polite towards towards people around us. Uh, Ava has the ability to sidestep. It's a very unique physical uh, movement capability of Ava. Um, so sidestepping is important for you as us as, as a human, not only if we arrive at a table and we need to move a little to the left, we don't want to be robotic and turn, move, and then turn again. Uh, so the Ava complies, allows the remote user to sidestep and just be a little bit more elegant, a little bit more natural in that exchange. But even coming down a hallway and there's a person coming the other way, as a human, we wouldn't simply stop when we get close to that person and rotate uh, and maneuver around. We would sidestep at a distance of a few meters away. And, and Ava has that as its physical capability and the software executes that autonomously to, to make it very elegant and stepping out of the way well before. Uh, a person comes close in, the, in that particular scenario that I'm describing. So, so all these little movement things, and there are many other of these things that over time we we adjust to make Ava comply with humans and uh, be elegant and, and I guess good mannered, perhaps to use yeah. your words. And, and the last, another word, yeah. another word to be less robotic. <laughs> less robotic, yeah, exactly. Especially in the telepresence application, because the yeah. Ava is the physical representation of a human on the other side. So the less robotic we make it, the more natural, the more acceptance. Uh, it's it's really we'll, interesting we'll that you bring up these um, physical cues because they, they give people um, some things to interpret and to extrapolate from, like, this is how you behave. There's a very bad-mannered robot that stalks the aisles of my supermarket uh, checking <laughs> inventory. Um, and it's not aware of its surroundings. It never sidesteps. It never lets you pass. It moves mm -hmm. very slowly. Um, and it, I get a little mad at it. I'm curious uh, if there's such a thing as um, robot rage, uh, or um, what are the what are the resistors? How do you overcome that? Like, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking here to use the old uh, line from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think to, to us, acceptance um, by uh, users in the physical space where the robot lives is is critical. If if that is not achieved, um, it won't matter too much what the uh, application or what the promise that the robots value is that that we have in it and it won't matter if there's an ROI or not if, if humans locally uh, don't accept that and I think we uh, we talk about a few a few different different things uh, not just the the movement we just talked about uh, but the respect for privacy is important as well so how the system is designed and uh, not recording images not recording audio uh, things mm-hmm. of that nature um, and then lastly, minimal intervention. The robot can't be a burden to the people uh, on the site yeah. to keep the robot moving. So Ava always goes back to the charging station by itself. There's no stranded Ava that someone locally needs to push back to the charging station so that their colleague can yeah. continue to work from home. Uh, so that, that would that would bring friction into the relationships uh, yeah. involved if, if that were the case. So so acceptance is how we look at um yeah. And and movement's so just a piece of that, and other operational things need to be there to to, more to drive that. Like a good teammate, yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. The, yeah. Again, robot from your your original original point, um, the robot needs to add right and augment, and yeah. uh, it can't be something that uh, takes away from human productivity uh, in that space. So or, there's, or comfort. There's, one, there's yeah. one space where. Um, that potential to add is massive, especially now as we are um, in COVID and trying to care for six people from a distance. Um, you're doing work in skilled nursing uh, facilities. Um, that sounds potentially fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of acceptance, how have patients, in particular elderly patients, uh, responded to this? I think very well. The, the during the pandemic, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, to have even deployed at several um, uh, assisted living uh, facilities or, uh, or or similar facilities in, in that in that continuum of care. The we were brought to it not organically; it, it was not a um, a market, if you will, that we were exploring. Uh, but our go-to-market and technology partner, Cisco, the um, whose video conferencing we use uh, in Ava brought us uh, into that market because they saw the need and uh, they obviously have their solutions enabling a lot of the digital things that happen um, in healthcare uh, environments. So it's it's been it's been a wonderful experience to us. We've seen applications uh, both for um, caregivers uh we ranging from routine uh doctor uh, visits and and nurse check-ins delivered via ava uh, to the residents Uh, we've seen uh, covid specific uh, floors uh, in facilities being monitored by remote staff so they can minimize the amount of people coming in and out and still continue to provide uh, care for uh, for the residents, and then we have seen another range of applications in family visits. Um, so the robot being used as a very physical um, way for family members to come in, much much more immersive and engaging than an iPad being brought on a on a tripod. 
Um, so the physical presence of the robot coming into the room and being able to get a little bit closer when the conversation calls for that or turn to the right to see something that's in the residence room. So all those uh, cues that only body language can convey, the robot delivers a lot of that. So, hmm. uh, so it's been really rewarding to see that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we've been able to move forward into partnership with many operators. Of, um, of, so there's, of a, there's another dimension to, um, to healthcare uh, for those of us who have been lucky enough to have been spared any kind of a viral uh, infection during this pandemic. There's, there's another pandemic which is afflicting everybody this year, which is a, a mental and emotional stressors. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a stalking pandemic of loneliness, um, mm-hmm. which Zoom is no cure for. Um, I'm curious. We, we think a lot about loneliness. We've we've identified it as a as a mega trend for 2021. Um, is that something that you are thinking about trying to solve for? Mm-hmm. We 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 think about it uh, quite a bit. It's not necessarily the number one area uh, for us because a lot of our uh, customers are enterprise uh, customers. Mm. So, uh, but as as we moved into the healthcare space that that is certainly one of the applications is to um, connect uh, connect people. Um, I'll confess one area that we haven't looked into much is building autonomous agents that can remove loneliness, and that's a that's an area of uh, a lot of development, both in research and products coming out that can really try to simulate. Um, um, more in-depth conversational and physical customer, sorry, interactions that would mm. reduce loneliness. So, uh, you, so are, think, are think, you thinking of these as, as voice only? Can you describe them a little bit? Yeah, I, I think there are applications that are uh, voice uh, voice only. Uh, you have seen that, uh, attempts in the past, even I think Jibo, uh, a company that was well publicized, and I think did a fantastic job bringing awareness of what a physical agent in a home might do, even though the business may not have succeeded in this first attempt. I think that's a mm. that's a type of physical robotic device uh, that that showed a lot of potential uh, to provide companionship and interaction, and that was a v- mostly a voice interaction with some visual uh, animated cues and then some body movement. Uh, which I think many people associate that with the robotic part, even though robotics extends software-wise into many other things, not just the physical element of it. Um, so I think there's a lot of promise uh, in robotics for sure and in uh, helping address that. Um, I think the gap, and we're seeing some, uh, some pain points here during the pandemic across all sorts of both work and at home, uh, things that will guide enormous amounts of innovation in the next few years. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. What, uh, what have you learned in 2020 that you think is going to uh, stay the new normal? Uh, I, I think we, we, we see two things. I think one, uh, we did do some experimentation during this, um, uh, during the pandemic in partnership with MIT's computer science and artificial intelligence lab on a UV disinfection application mm. at a, a, a local food bank, the greater Boston food bank. 
um, helping keep that environment safe using robotic automation in the physical space uh, to to deliver ultraviolet-based disinfection, just to keep their volunteers and their workers uh, uh, safe to, so so they could continue to operate in, in this time of, of need. So, so that's something that we're looking at uh, continuing. I, I think there's more awareness now in that particular need for um, automated uh, disinfection of spaces, and that will probably continue after after COVID. So that's that's a specific application we're looking into on the telepresence side, which is our focus uh, today. The uh, we do see 2021 being a year in which. Uh, we're trying to get more back into the shared physical spaces such as offices and not everyone will be able to go back immediately and this this hybrid uh, presence in offices is something that we see telepresence robots being able to address really well and, and not just deliver the productivity but some yeah. some amount of uh, accessibility and, and fairness as well because there, there are populations that will not be able to be physically, in the space for longer than others. Um, and this is a way for people to physically be able to move around the space and, and try to deliver some, some, I have, um, I have a mental, I have a mental image that, um, makes me smile. Uh, the idea that in 2021, there will be workplaces where clusters of, um, remote workers or their, you know, robot physical presences will be having a water cooler conversation <laughs> and you don't have to be in the office because what's, what's very clearly to me missing with the, our current um, mm -hmm. remote working situation, you never overhear anything. There's no mm -hmm. peripheral vision. Um, nothing. There's serendipity died in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. And these potentially allow for some of that like adjacency. Um, really uh, a hopeful sign, I think, for 2021. I, I think so, too. And it is, it's it's uh, tragic in a way that some of the things we've lived through 2020 would have benefited even more from the water cooler conversations, from the from the simple act of checking in with someone and asking, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um or detecting patterns that are a little bit different in people's uh, hours and um, how they go to the cafeteria and what they eat and things like that. that th those are all cues that we uh, draw on each other in, in work relationships that have disappeared at a moment that it was actually, uh, they're more important to us than before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I agree. And we'll see how 2021 brings uh, what what we think many things uh, will stay with us through the pandemic and Zoom video and Zoom becoming what it is, I think will continue, obviously, for some time to come. And being part of that uh, solution set is something that will we see telepresence yeah. robots continuing to, to be present, not just 2021, this return to office, but uh, what's normal 2022 and beyond. I think another another aspect of the way we've been working this year um, that connects, I think, to the, the discussion about loneliness, that these kinds of video conferencing sessions are um, a little bit exhausting for people. They, they mm -hmm. tiptoe into the uncanny valley. And for me, what they, what they miss is the, um, 
the miracle of eye contact. Uh, the camera mm -hmm. is not in the middle of someone's face. I, it sounds <laughs> terrible to put it this way, but my mm -hmm. eyes are my camera and they're in the middle of my face and you're looking me in the eye. Um, you know, we, we've played around with um, this kind of stuff and we, we looked at uh, Pepper's Ghost. I don't know if you're familiar with that technique, course, but yeah, I am, yeah, it's like a, uh, a teleprompter. Like, how can we get um, the camera to register in the middle of somebody's face so that we actually get that feeling of real eye contact? Mm -hmm. um, number one, what you describe is absolutely critical. And I think the having spent many years in the video conferencing industry before coming into robotics, um, eye contact is, is a significant element of building trust in, in that remote conversation. So, and, and that has been lacking because of the geometry of, of most physical systems that, that we that, that we use in the past and, and still current. So I think it's an interesting area. Um, people have tried uh, Pepper's Ghost, uh, rear screen projection, uh, cutting a hole in the screen and putting a, a little lipstick-shaped uh, camera behind it. Uh, these are obviously, I'm talking not in your home, <laughs> uh, but something in yeah. the in an office space, a more structured and uh, controlled space uh, to deliver that uh, eye-to-eye -eye, uh, gaze angle. So um, there are no magical solutions uh, today, I think. I think there's still a lot of experimentation. In the case of Ava Telepresence, uh, there are two different things that, that we do. One is uh, keeping the distance oddly enough uh, th there's a fine balance of distance between the, the the two parties one being a physical person the other one is a, a screen that is representing the other person with a camera on top typically um, if you get too close it makes that problem worse uh, the parallax uh, grows and if you're distant it makes that a little bit better but if you're too far then the person is too small and the interaction becomes distant the physical distance harms the conversation. So we, we are, we're always careful about um, how close do you really want to get. Uh, so we have some automated features. For example, in Ava, uh, there's a button that you can click and it will, it will detect uh, people, will measure distance and approach automatically. So with one click, you can get close to a group that is standing, uh, let's say mm. 20 feet from you. We didn't design that so that you go from 20 feet down to three feet, not only because it's uncomfortable for people to have a robot that close, but it would harm the eye-to-eye -eye connection between the two parties by putting the ape in an unnaturally close uh, position. So, so that's one area. The second is Ava, if you look at pictures on the website, we did try to bring the camera as close as we could uh, to the screen. So there's a little notch on the bezel of the display to build in the camera. Uh, into that. And the camera is fairly large. It's a zoom camera. So it's a high quality camera. We can't make it super, super tiny like a laptop camera would be. Uh, so we needed to do a little, um, I think the word is notch. I think it, <laughs> yeah. you're in product design. You can, you can look at it, tell me if yeah. I'm using the wrong terminology, but just to embed the camera a little bit into the bezel so that it minimizes the, the parallax between um, right the two gaze angles um, from from the two sides, but it, it's 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 a it's an area that I would say in the video conferencing industry broadly, it's not solved yet. 
mm-hmm. and I hope in the future there's a technology that allows um, allows that to be mm-hmm. figured out. <laughs> We are definitely in the early days. Um, I'm so glad to have had this chance to chat with you about what the future might hold, to focus on what we're uh, trying to achieve, to help us stay optimistic. Um, The challenges are not just technical, they're also social. Um, But here's to uh, the continuation of your work and also the chance that that we might get together physically in in the same space sometime soon. Marcio, thank you so much for the time today. I appreciate it, Toby. Thank you and hope to see you uh, physically soon. EPAM Continuum integrates business experience and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. At EPAM Continuum, we're very deliberate about the term innovation. For us, it means turning ideas into stuff that's real, because from our perspective, ideas aren't really innovative until they exist. Marcio Macedo, it was a pleasure to have you join us. Thank you. Toby Botorf was our astute interviewer. Our producer, Ken Gordon, always has the great water cooler chat. Kip Palalis is our sound engineer. And I'm your host, Allison Coden. Until the next one, thank you. Thank you.